I saw this story this morning. Saw a couple of people talking about it on Twitter. It's always a very sensitive subject. Changes to YouTube, the YouTube service, the YouTube platform. We've talked numerous times about YouTube Premium as an alternative method for monetization on YouTube. A monetization for YouTube, the platform, and monetization for creators as well because there is a revenue split involved actually a more a slightly more um advantageous revenue split for content creators when it's coming via youtube premium mm. as opposed to ad sales plus obviously the subscriber the youtube premium subscriber gets to uh feel a little bit more connected with the content creators they watch or i don't know if they do but they could if they wanted to because it's a more direct uh, revenue delivery mm -hmm. as opposed to having a brand in between as you watch a pre-roll. Um, however, I think it's been difficult for YouTube to make the whole pitch as to why you might want to have YouTube premium. Mm. I think people know about the ad free viewing. I don't think as many people know about the music component where you're getting YouTube music I don't think as many people know about the family sharing element uh -huh. in order to lower the cost. But I think today's is going to be a little bit controversial because it's always controversial when you have had a feature that then goes away or gets put behind a paywall. So when, when we were first talking about ad free, well, YouTube always had ads or at least as far like recent memory has, there's been advertising. It's been the model. So to pay, to get rid of it, okay, sure. It was always there. Mm. YouTube Music, they split it off as a separate service and everyone was used to paying for Spotify, Apple Music, and so on. So there was that. But this one is something everybody just had for free. And that's high-resolution video. Currently, you can upload and watch unlimited 4K videos, but you knew something was up. When they started to hide that resolution a little bit, put it behind a couple of different clicks. Mm. When instead of just having that initial menu, which lets you pick the resolution you wanted, you now, you now had this new set of options, including higher picture quality. And mm -hmm. you were left there wondering what exactly that meant. And it's on mobile. On mobile, I'm talking about, which is the majority of viewership. And so why would you do that? Well, obviously bandwidth obviously uh there's some sort of advantage for google for youtube to discourage people from selecting the highest picture quality which is why the options that exist are auto which is recommended higher picture quality or data saver now data saver obviously makes a lot of sense the auto mode adjusts based on the conditions, supposedly, but never does it seem to automatically select for a 4K resolution video. Now, the important part here, you're on mobile. Do you need 4K video? We were just talking about it with Mo as this story came up. He usually just goes directly to uh, 4K. <laughs> yeah, he goes all the way to he goes all the way to whatever the the, the true maximum resolution is. I was ex suggesting that as much as I wish I could just dial in the resolution directly. Mm -hmm. 
I, I have been conditioned now to just click the higher picture quality to avoid the extra click. Because you can you can click through and still select. Like you go to advanced or whatever it is. And you can still go in there and select whatever picture quality you want based on resolution. But anyway, the rumor is now, as of today, that 4K quality could move to a premium-only feature. And here we have a little evidence of that. You can see 2160p and the word premium underneath it in a drop-down menu for resolution selection. So after testing up to 12 ads on YouTube for non-premium users, now some users reported that they also have to get a premium account just to watch videos in 4K. There's also a little tap to upgrade button next to it. In, in other words, encouraging you to, in this case, watch in 4K, but just pay us first, mm. please and thank you. Now, I'm a big fan of YouTube Premium. Full disclosure, I'm a subscriber of YouTube Premium. I'm also a, the beneficiary of YouTube Premium for anybody who watches this show or any show, particularly this show, because the premium revenue generated by any one content creator is relative to the amount of watch time. Mm -hmm. And this show is slightly longer, so it might represent the larger portion for some viewers of the total time they spend on YouTube. This is an interesting model. So I may have a, a preference here for this. I also use YouTube Music. Although, I don't know what that really means because I have all the different services. I like to test out and try out all of them. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact this is going to make people upset. YouTube Premium is not going to be for everyone, and it costs money. Standard YouTube Premium plan costs $11.99 in the United States. Includes ad-free videos, background playback, and the ability to download videos for offline viewing. Ooh, they forgot the YouTube music thing, unless they broke that out separately at this point. I don't know. And make it more complicated? Do we, do we, no do we have a, what's even ringing right now? Oh, do we even have, I'm wearing watches that are ringing now. <sighs> Technologies, you know. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. Do you have any thoughts on the Ultra? Do we have to be more connected, Will? Is that really what we're missing now? We need to be more connected via device? Is that the part that's missing? Or is it different types of connections that might be missing? I don't know. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> you tell me. You no, no it's just a question for you, Will. It's just a question for you. It's a general question for you. <laughs> um, no, I think it's... Yeah. I think it's right, right now. What's right? What the hell is that supposed to be? The mean? level of connection. Hmm. Right. I think um, it's a wide range in yeah. terms of connection. You Man, can be you... off the grid. I mean, you can also be really connected with everything. Okay, um, okay. But the choice is still up to you. No, but, not but my point is, what is the ratio of... Having a watch us. Of virtual connection versus physical. And I don't mean like... Yeah. I mean in... I mean IRL. Okay versus like what's a healthy ratio irl communication versus digital you know you what's the right amount put in percentages yeah, that's right oh. like it should be 80 20 i think i was thinking 70 30 but 70 30 yeah it's not like we're trying to do a revenue split for youtube premium right now <laughs> um 
Yeah, no, I mean, I got everything ringing because now that I added the watch, it's like every MacBook in existence. And I and there's like so many that I've been signed into over the ages. Uh, all of every one of those wants to accept mm. calls via um, mm. Apple ID. And you have to disable it every time. It's not a thing that you say no to once. Every time you set up a new device, it mm. it basically tries to persuade you back into receiving calls across everything. They just really want to make this ecosystem play. And it feels like there's not a single Apple device at this point that operates any bit independently of others. Hmm. You know? Like, I, for example, I was trying to uh, get Apple Watches for my kids. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's a nice little communication stopgap. However, getting those set up, I'm talking about the cellular models. Okay. Getting those set up as extensions of an existing plan as opposed to standalone. First of all, there's only two carriers in Canada that support it, Bell okay. and TELUS. Mm -hmm. And it's this sort of collaborative effort between the carrier and the software on the phone and of course the phone is still going to be an integral component in being able to to do that there is no like standalone setup for the watch hmm. it's like no 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 you could have a thousand dollar watch with cellular functionality essentially can do anything a phone can do but you need the phone to get it going now, I, there are workarounds. Some people will get go crazy workarounds I'm reading on Reddit where they borrow a Bell SIM card from somebody because it's supported in order to set up the extension family devices. Hmm. By the way, this will be different in the U.S. depending on which carrier is supported. It'll be different on, in every region depending on which carrier is supported. And there's an eSIM conversation with it as well. Hmm. So what I'm doing last night is I'm on the chat... I didn't expect to talk about this, by the way, but I'm on the chat. I'm trying to temporarily get a Bell SIM card eSIM set up on an extra eSIM slot on the uh, 14 Pro Max in my pocket to, to, in order to activate the cellular capabilities of these two watches, which would be basically uh, ch child watches inside of this family unit. Mm. So you can't do it over the phone with them? Well, you can do it over the phone if you want. I don't know that that's any better. Have you ever been on the phone to to Bell or Rogers? Actually, I have recently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was actually a pleasant no, it wasn't. experience. No, it wasn't. Okay, I, I, I was on the line as well. I was listening the entire time. I was there oh, too. Oh, okay. And I, I'll tell you what's pleasant and not pleasant. No, because first of all, when you're trying to set something like that up, it's like, okay, what's the IMEI number? Do you know how many digits an IMEI oh, number God. is? Yeah. Bravo! Uh, Alpha, Charlie, right. Zebra. Spaghetti. Chaplin. <laughs> it's just a phone is not yeah. set up for that. You're frustrated, you're irritated. Uh-huh. And you really want this, this some other way for this. And you're like, okay, well, you got that. I, I realize I blame the carriers a lot for this. They, they, they're slow to move. And like I said, there's Rogers is enormous, and they don't have a method for this. There's currently no method for this. You know what the method is? Mm. Set up a, a new cellular number on the eSIM of the watch for $55 a month. Infinite data plan. And you're like, what? On a watch? That's brutal. What are you doing? Or you can add your own Apple Watch for a $10 fee, 
Apple Watch Cellular as a new independent device, but that works for one. And it'll have the same number as your existing number. That's not going to work for me. I got my kids answering my calls. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it this way specifically. So anyway, that's a word to the wise out there. Don't worry. I'll get it all sorted out. I'll give you an update on it, how it all goes. Okay. I'm wearing this ultra round. I'm playing with some different bands on there. Um, battery life. Listen, I haven't worn an Apple watch in a while. I know everybody cares about battery life, but it hasn't been shockingly good. I have range anxiety with the watch. So it's not 36 hours like they uh th well wasn't announced? it wasn't it 36 hours in some sort of power saving or no listen this is gonna have a lot to do with how you use it you're right 36 hours normally is god no not for me i turned off always on display i know how sad that's so sad so everyone's got, calling you i gotta go raise to wake now i don't know is everyone calling me like i don't i don't really know what the issue is at this point but they say 60 hours on low power that's coming soon it's a daily, for me, it's still a daily charge, basically. It can maybe get over a day, but then you're not using it heavily and you're not looking at it and you're not uh, typing responses and you're not, you know, I pay for a lot. I was paying for a lot of things with it as well. I don't know what's consuming the most battery, but maybe there's tweaking that can take place. Maybe there's uh, software updates and maybe I'll run the screen less bright. I'll find ways, I think, but it's uh it's still the most major drawback in my opinion and some people don't agree some people they say you charge it every night just like your phone calm down hmm. but to me as i was suggesting to when the conversation was taking place about the watch with the our colleagues earlier the phone is heavily varied your daily use some mm -hmm. days you might watch a bunch of video, shoot a bunch of video. Other days might be lower power consumption days. And you can actually use your phone into the next day if mm -hmm. it has a decent battery life without even, without even worrying about it. You can go two days sometimes. Mm -hmm. This watch, it seems, if you're just doing the daily with it, it's fairly predictable that it's going to run out of juice at the mm. at the slightly over a day mark like a day and a half in my experience mm. but like i said it's less varied i'm always going to pay if i'm wearing it i'm always going to pay with it if i'm you know what what one thing that stood out to me was turn by turn directions i'm driving places okay the watch is buzzing it's sending me different directions it's, it's a very comprehensive device as far as a smartwatch is concerned it may be more is capable it, than any other smartwatch from that standpoint. Is it too much? Is it too? Um, I, I think too helpful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's too, too much. I just, I, th I think it's just at a point right now where it's like the feature set is evolving faster than battery technology is, hmm. and that's a trade-off. And we're all just destined to be charging these things at night when we're sleeping. By the way, there goes your sleep tracking. So it's all very interesting. Uh, but this sounds negative. It's not negative. It's just this was supposed to be the battery champion. Mm. And if you try to use this thing in the absence of your phone, you try to use this thing, you try to, as a power user, you try to do a lot of stuff on it. You try to have a, a little workout and then pay and then respond to messages and you want to use nav and you want to use cellular, you're going to drain this baby right here. So that's just, I'm just putting that out there. May could it improve in the future, possibly? But there are some, you know, barriers from a form factor perspective, the mm. size of it and so forth. 
Uh, oh, Dream, yeah, uh, sticking with YouTube news for a moment. By the way, uh, just to be clear, by the way, I'm not, uh, I'm not at a point, I'm not prepared to say that, the, that I don't like the watch. I'm not saying that at the moment. I'm going to use it a little bit longer. I'm going to reserve my judgment. I'm going to follow up with you here on this show. Okay. So there are some things I like about it. I like the bigger screen. I like the bigger buttons. I wasn't a huge fan of the Alpine strap. Mm. Put that out there. But I'll always, I'll, you know, I'll break it down for you. And you also wear it like the complete opposite way. No, I'm doing that right now because information comes up on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it backwards right now because it's constantly just popping off. Right. And I know you can control the notification. I've already done that. I turned off so many things. Well, I, I got 37,000 unread emails. So yeah. I think these things work better for some people depending on their daily life, you know? Mm-hmm. Popular Minecraft YouTuber Dream reveals his face. That's, a, that's BBC call, uh, coming in with Minecraft YouTuber. It's a subgenre of YouTuber. He's got 30 million subscribers. I think you can just call him popular YouTuber at that point. Yeah, when the BBC is talking about you, about a YouTube thing, it's, uh, I guess it's worldwide at okay. that point, you know. I might, I might call it worldwide, Will. Well, I said that. Oh, okay. Minecraft gamer with 30 million subscribers online only ever uses his voice in streams, albeit occasionally appearing on camera wearing a mask. But... All that looked set to change after his friends and other YouTubers posted videos apparently reacting to Dream without his mask. He then posted a video revealing his face for the first time. I believe the video has 20 million views or something like that. Maybe more. Probably more at this point. 21.5 million views as of now. This is number one on trending. I'm not surprised. I'm also not going to spoil it. <laughs> There's so much curiosity when it comes to this. When when a person has been hiding their face, it's also the, very awkward the whole process because it's just it's your face. You know, it's your face you wear your face permanently. Like and, it's yours. Yeah. And no one very rarely is is your face under that level of scrutiny and analysis. Yeah. As when you've been hiding it, then people all of a sudden you let them in and they go, well, let me take a look at that face. Mm-hmm. And they and everyone's got an opinion in comments because it's been built up. And then this one was double built up because it had been hidden for however long, however many years. Uh-huh. And then it was revealed first to other famous people who all had their reactions posted. So it just built it up even more so. And then. I guess everybody felt that they had then had uh, the right to their reaction and response as they provided uh, their viewership to this particular reveal. For me, I got to be honest. I got to be honest with you, Will. Okay. A face is just a face. A face is a face. We We all have one, and they're all strange. Yeah. Definitely some of them are nicer than others. But they're all strange in a way if you look hard enough. And they're all certain they, they, any one of them could be surprising if they had been withheld. And we're not really used to having relationships without faces. Mm-hmm. It's not a common thing. It's a bit much, Will. You really escalated things here. It's a strange face. Well, that's for sure. I don't know if that's a real photo or not, but either that's definitely a mask. 
That's definitely a mask. But anyway, it's one of those circumstances where I think the outcome is, is something anybody could have predicted. Uh, sure, could could he have been... Uh, what is that giga chad thing like the meme like could he have been something like that i guess mm. but even then people would have been uh there are some that would have been unhappy with that they would have said i can't believe that's you know i, I don't know will yeah to it, make a video that's it, just pure judgment on someone's face it's a lot of pressure this is when like what are you what are you into? You're into the Harry Potter and you're into the um the Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah, and and what happens every time you bring these things up with people who are like real legit fans is they go not as good as the book, not as good as the book. Right? Every time that's what happens. And and what it really is is it's like there is no match for your imagination. Mm. In the real world, some things have to be concrete and you know somewhat persistent or almost permanent like they just they're not as fluid as your imagination is mm -hmm. and so it's always hard to have to come to grips with the death of your own imagination yeah and whatever picture you had painted and so you read the books like you do with the fantasy and the outfits and then there's absolutely no way that you're going to be satisfied when you watch the movie You'd be like, that guy shouldn't look like that or whatever. That moment didn't really go like that. Or why did they edit it in such a way they missed this huge part? Mm. You've got a sense of ownership over it at that point, which is just so different. And I think in a way it kind of speaks to the intimacy that he seems to have had with his fan base. Mm -hmm. That they have had such that they have had such a strong reaction to this. That they have built up such an incredible uh, imagination around the subject of what that might be and I'm guessing um, there's going to be people some community that's going to treat him differently because his face is revealed now you know do you want to expand on that um, well they've been interacting with like a, like a happy face like the mask oh, okay. for so long and then I don't know, just his face reveal could have maybe triggered someone or a community to think differently of him. Okay. It's not a bad or okay. good or bad thing. Okay. You know, it's different. It's very intense, Will. Yeah. It's totally possible. I'm curious. It's, I'm curious it's, about it's stuff, totally you know? possible. It's very intense. Now, the reasoning behind the reveal, as he, he had stated, collaborating with other YouTubers, having uh, some of his closest YouTuber pals... Uh, George and I found moving to the U.S. or coming to the U.S. and just having plans that would be very difficult to execute, not revealing your face, which mm -hmm. is something that comes up in daily life. It's tough to wear the mask out and about. And and, and then also maybe, and this is, this is a, a part to add, the weight of having this anonymity and knowing... The anticipation of knowing you're going to reveal your face at some point mm. and then having that constantly there that like, when am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? When am I going to? It's, it's, it's anxiety inducing. You might just want to get it over with, pull it off like a Band-Aid and go, whatever. It's my face. Here's my face. Get on with it. That's my face. 
Yeah. And in this video, he did. Absolutely. You know, it so, wasn't dramatic or anything. Um, he didn't describe why he put the mask on in the first place, did he? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I think, uh, but, but if you recall, Will, hmm? early YouTube was a lot of this face reveal stuff. I mean, yeah, we did it. Early days of, you mean with Jack? No, yeah. that was four years ago. I mean, even further back. There were so many content creators that didn't put their faces online. Oh, yeah? Oh, for sure. There, there would be... Oh, yeah, at one point you did it. it well, but, but not intentionally. It was just yeah, kind of the yeah. way the formula was at the time. As you didn't have multi-cameras and you didn't have studio setups. And so the most, like lo-fi version of production often meant that you would be just talking over or narrating something mm -hmm. so whether it was gaming content or even the earliest tech content was often just the table and sure. hands and so it's just youtube has evolved so much i don't know that i imagined such an enormous face reveal in 2022 but it can still happen it's it's obviously still a possibility and that's proven there by the uh, dream Face reveal. I think some people relate to it too, maybe. Maybe the imagination there actually plays into the success. Uh, maybe it, it's relatable for people who also don't feel super comfortable revealing themselves. Hmm. So there's something in there. There's some reason why this is so compelling to us. Yeah. And certainly it was marketed in a big way by sending, or sorry, by having the FaceTime calls with other prominent people Mm -hmm. prior than having them share those and so it really built everything up but 21 million views in 18 hours it's pretty wild it's but not you know, nothing you only it's it's a type of thing you only get to do once though well uh-huh that's it yeah. one and done unless the unless the whole thing i'm going conspiratorial unless that's not really him mm. easy will don't get carried away now uh -huh. you, you said it i didn't yeah Getting no more notifications over here. I'm all distracted. I, what do I do? Turn off all no I have emails turned off. What do I turn off? Everything? Then what am I doing? Then what am I wearing? <laughs> what do you use it for? Well, I, tracking? Well, I let the... Well, for one, okay, as it stands right now, the notifications can come through from you, right? From, from anybody here. Hmm. Notifications can come through from other personal connections, uh, like via text and so forth. But now I'm thinking even that's too much to have on your wrist. So it's like you yeah, gotta you gotta dumb it down. You like gotta filter. E even less. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, maybe I'll save some battery life and exactly. Top Apple executive is leaving after making crude remarks in a TikTok video. Tony Blevins was capturing a viral clip emerging from his car. He oversaw procurement with a keen eye for cutting costs. So I did a tiny bit of research on this guy. And it's true. He was uh, apparently integral in negotiating beneficial uh, agreements for Apple and Apple suppliers mm. where he would negotiate down the price on something. There was talks of Intel modems versus Qualcomm. Uh, well, what happens when you negotiate supplier prices down? Profit margins go up. Profit margins go up with the multiplier effect of being an Apple product. You get yourself paid pretty well, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. You might. Yeah. Uh, but based on this clip, he, he looks to be, uh, and I don't think I'm going out, I'm going too far on this one. He looks to be a, like a bit of a comedian of sorts.
like not 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 a touring comedian, but someone who is attempting to crack jokes and seem funny, right? Mm, yeah, sure. Am I crazy to suggest that? He was looking a little uh maybe drunk. I don't know. Oh, he's on about a few beverages as well. Well, who is it? Who's not a comedian after a few of those? Mm -hmm. Whoever whoever he's with is enjoying the comedy. Okay, so he was approached by. There, this is a, a popular TikTok channel. Do you want to shout it out? Well, do you know the name of the TikTok channel? Um, I think it's called, it's Daniel Mack. Yeah, so he will go up to somebody in a really nice car and be like, whoa, that's a nice car. What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. And then the person will tell them it's, it's uh, you know, I guess it can be surprising what people do for a living to afford these type of cars. It's a TikTok concept. It's obviously very popular because he millions of views over here. Well, he managed in this case to find um this executive who didn't say his actual profession but instead instead proceeded to make a joke out of it but said some uh i guess sensitive things during he said oh man i gotta remember it, it was something about big-breasted women and uh what gambling i can't even remember now uh fondling big-breasted women there you go and oh i have rich cars i don't even know what a rich car is play golf I take weekends and major holidays off. Well, whatever it is, it's, I guess it's not uh, the ideal look for Apple's vice president of procurement. It didn't seem very Apple-like to me. It didn't seem very Tim Cook-like to me or uh, Craig Federighi-like like to a, me. Kind of like a frat mentality. Well, I just think this guy's freewheeling out there. I think this guy's having a time. and uh, This guy? No. Yeah. <sighs> That guy's having a time and a half, man, and you're right. He was a loose goose in the moment. Mm-hmm. It, it was just flying off his tongue. I don't think he cared who was pointing a camera at him, and I don't think he thought about his position at Apple in that moment or, or, or the individual recording that they had a really popular TikTok channel, and it would be going out to everyone. Either that or he had a death wish and didn't care regardless mm. as far as his job was concerned. He was there for 22 years. I would expect, you know, higher up employees would be a lot more careful. That's why I think he was That's why intoxicated or something. Well, see, the problem with the intoxication, he's getting out of the car. Yeah, that's a problem as well. <laughs> that's the problem with the, if, you, if you go the intoxication route. And also, it's a tough, it's alleged, but you should just say that you're alleging that because alleged. We have, there's no sure. way at this point of proving such things, mm-hmm. right? Because it's over. Anyway, I'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely apologize to anyone who was offended by my mistaken attempt at humor. There you go. So he did reply. Blevins has been part of roughly a 100-person group of vice presidents at Apple and one of only about 30 executives that report to, either, report to either Chief Executive Officer Tim Cook or Chief Operating Officer Jeff Williams. Williams has been Blevins' boss for much of his career, though he briefly reported to Saba Khan, Apple's Senior Vice President of Operations, according to The People. It was Williams' decision for the company and Blevins to part ways one of the people said the operating chief will oversee Blevins' old team at least for now. I, my my understanding is the guy was like a shrewd negotiator based on what I could hmm. discover. 
and uh, got a, a number of advantageous deals for Apple on supplier components in order to drive the production cost down on these devices, which would give you a cheaper price to pay or give them bigger profit margins. So he's really good at haggling. Sound like a haggler to me at, the, at a very high level. Yes. I presume if you do that type of thing for a company like Apple, you can make a lot of money for yourself. You could buy those type of uh, vehicles. You can the rich cars. Yeah, you can typically make those kinds of jokes. But in the age of TikTok and it's Daniel Mac, you may have to suffer the consequences, I guess, of the scrutiny of the public. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Cook is the latest CEO to question the metaverse. Is he? I feel like he's questioned the metaverse before. He's very anti-Zuck. They he's do, very AR as well. They, they just don't seem like pals to me. No. After the whole ad thing and the privacy prompts. I'm getting a ton of those prompts since I picked up that iPhone. Mm. You want to you wanna share anything with this app? You want to share your personal identity with this app? You look at it and it's a weird psychological mm. test and study. Like who is going to click Yes. Right, the way they make it sound, like it doesn't say this app has enhanced features that require uh, access to whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's very yes or no. Exactly, it's, it's binary and it's, it has a negative connotation, which I think for, that's not surprising. I think for most people, we're inundated with um, requests for our information. And what does Apple care? Ultimately, they, they wanna play up the privacy component and they get to seem like, because they're in control of the software, they get to seem like and be the hero in the situation. Mm. So who cares? But anyway, it's obviously led to tremendous beef between uh, Zuck. A, a, well, Apple and, and Facebook, Apple and Meta. Yeah. And the metaverse is supposedly the next battleground for companies of this caliber and scale. Uh, while Meta funnels billions into CEO Mark Zuckerberg's pitch for the Metaverse, Apple CEO Tim Cook thinks most people couldn't even define the Metaverse, let alone spend long periods of time living their lives inside of it. I always think it's important that people understand what something is, Cook told Dutch publication Bright via Google Translate, and I'm really not sure the average person can tell you what the Metaverse is. In other words, despite persistent reports of Apple's interest in building all manner of AR and VR hardware, Cook isn't ready to claim that the company is working towards any so-called metaverse. He's not wrong. Tim? Hmm. No. I don't think the average person has a description. I don't even know that you and I have a description of the metaverse. Yeah, I, I don't. Really. Well, it's because there's so many different interpretations of it. Uh -huh. To one company, it's a place that you exist... Uh, permanently or some substitute for reality and for others it's some uh, major crypto ha crypto haven mm -hmm. buying digital land yeah there's, there's that component for others it's a uh, meeting up with friends and vir doing virtual bowling Mm -hmm. And for for, and raves. for others, it's like, I think there's a, like a stitched together version of it where there's multiple players and it's almost like video games where there's... It's like Fortnite. Versions of it. Yeah. Uh, we have to wait and see, I guess, whichever version of the metaverse prevails or if we even call it that once we get there. So you're right. There is some truth to what he's saying. It's There's some mass confusion going on at the moment. But Mark Zuckerberg has a different view. Earlier this year, the Meta CEO told his employees that the company is in a very deep philosophical competition with Apple to build the metaverse. He said Apple called him out by name. 
This is a competition of philosophies and ideas where they believe that by doing everything themselves and tightly integrating that they can build a better customer experience, Zuckerberg said, contrasting what he says is Apple's closed approach with Meta's more interoperable development, which sounds more like what Microsoft did with Windows once upon a time. Mm -hmm. And you know how Apple is. They keep the cards close to the chest, whether we're talking about the Apple car or an eventual play in AR, VR, or their own version of a metaverse. So it's not like they would be extremely public with it. And it's totally understandable that Tim Cook would have lips sealed and basically say, I don't even know what he's talking about, that Zuckerberg guy. Uh People don't even understand what this is. Yeah, obviously he's going to downplay his competitors. You can downplay. You know, in a very subtle way. You can play poker. Uh You can downplay. He's bluffing. Yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, Apple, Apple will build... Whatever the, the customer eventually wants, whatever, where, however and wherever they think they can integrate a product into their existing ecosystem of products. I mean, there's our, the, their headset seems to be well leaked at this point. In the car, I mean, they're hiring executives. This stuff is going on. And that's away from their typical core competency. I mean, you got a Tesla with the bot, although I think you're getting there soon. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go there quite yet. That's the next story. Apple unlikely to bring Touch ID back to the iPhone despite testing it. That's interesting. I know there had been rumors of such uh, uh, wonderful solutions for the double unlock mm-hmm. uh, diversification efforts, face or and or Touch ID. We had hoped that it would be in a power button. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one or the other, right? It's one, it's one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's not two. And, it should be too. Well, the mask opened up a lot of criticism, and then they believe that they did the correct workaround for the mask. But then I was wearing sunglasses yesterday, and then there goes the face ID. Just the sun. I don't know. Maybe it was the pair of sunglasses I was wearing. And then you got to put in the passcode. I had to put in the passcode, and I just about returned the iPhone at that oh, point. Okay. No, that's. I'm just joking. But Wait, doesn't your watch know that like your phone is nearby that you can unlock what it. watch <laughs> the one that you charge yes you, you can absolutely do that yes you can absolutely do that oh okay um face id replaced touch id on the iphone starting with the iphone 10 in 2017 since then there have been scattered rumors about apple's potential apple potentially adding touch id back to the iphone but nothing has actually come to fruition Now, a new report from Bloomberg says that while Apple has tested adding Touch ID back to the iPhone, it's unlikely that it'll actually happen anytime soon, if at all. Over the past few years, there have been discussions within Apple about bringing Touch ID back to high-end iPhones. The company has tested in-screen Touch ID and even contemplated putting it on the power button at this point. I believe Face ID is here to stay, and Touch ID won't be returning to the flagship iPhones at least any time in the foreseeable future. Well, they figured out how to somewhat shrink down what was the notch into the pill into the dynamic island maybe they're satisfied with that maybe they're satisfied with uh, possible future efforts to put the face unlock underneath the display completely um yeah what can i say i don't know i prefer to have both obviously but maybe that's unapple like there are other brands that allow you to do it however most of them have a less robust version of face unlock right They'll give you optical photo-based face unlock alongside fingerprint unlock, and you'll use whichever is more convenient in the moment. On the Apple side of things, it's going to be face or passcode for the time being, and 
based on this story, based on what German has to say into the foreseeable future. Face, Under display. Face no touch. ID. Face no touch. Okay. Face no touch. Tesla CEO Elon Musk unveils prototype humanoid Optimus robot. This is not the same Optimus that I was showing off in an Instagram video recently, which was the transforming Optimus Prime. Uh, this one's almost as cool, though. The one that Elon's been working on. The robot walked around gingerly on stage and is supposedly targeting a price of less than $20,000, which is still a lot of money. But look at this thing. Look at, I see actuators, Will. Uh, I see a relatively smooth walking gait here, Will. There's no cords. I see the future here, Will. Don't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. It looks humanoid enough. You remember last time they did the event, they had a person in like a suit? Uh-huh, yeah. That's, that's not a person in a suit, Will. That's not CG, Will. Mm. That's a robot, Will. Uh, can you overpower it right now? Yeah, right now, but he's going to pinch it you. It looks he's, pretty strong. You might get pinched. Like, you try to grapple. The will chop you. Well, you try to grapple, and then your finger gets in, in one of those crevices. Oh, yeah. And a joint just, like, punctures. And look, it's shorter than that guy is. Okay. Um, here's the thing, okay? They figured out, they decided, it's a humanoid bot. Like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and, and reason being is because a humanoid bot can basically... Uh, integrate with existing systems where humans interact with other machinery, mm. manipulate the environment, and so forth. You don't need to completely reconfigure the entire space. Like here you see some plant watering going on as it moves about an existing space. This is cool. In which humans inhabit. And here you can see on the assembly line where obviously Tesla is well aware of how humans are uh, useful on the assembly line and they sub this one in instead and I, I saw a twitter exchange between elon and somebody asking hey is this going to be your uh, will your test bed for this bot be the assembly line because you're making all these cars anyways mm -hmm. can't tesla be the first customer so to speak uh of of uh, these humanoid bots of these optimist bots mm -hmm. <laughs> wow did he just pick it up no, I think it's on a stand. Oh, okay. And yes, yeah, it makes sense. They're diversified at this point. There's a number of companies and products, and and you could immediately uh, experiment in your own environment mm -hmm. with this uh, with this humanoid robot before necessarily having a ton of sales from from other companies. Power consumption is 100 watts sitting, 500 watts brisk walking. The mass is 73 kilograms. The degree of freedom, full body 200 plus, and the hand 27. The hand obviously modeled after a human hand, uh, very grippable. I know there's very intelligent people working at Tesla, engineers, roboticists, and so forth. I think that they might might be the right place for this believe it or not, Will. You have mm -hmm. the teams that are working on software, autonomous driving, sensors, cameras, uh, whatever else they might want to use here. They There's a grouping of people and in intelligence there mm. with an interest in this and a background ever so close to this. They might be able to pull it off, Will. 
I think so. And, um, I mean, good for them. This is definitely progress. You realize this could be the biggest market ever for anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. If, if you're actually producing robots that do human tasks, who's not going to have these? Mm. Like, they say, oh, there's a billion iPhones in the world. Or a billion Samsungs or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. probably more than a billion. This sounds crazy because the thing's $20,000 at this point. Mm-hmm. But eventually you got a billion of these guys. A billion. Oh, boy. Now, I know some people are looking at that saying, oh, man. What, what are they looking for? Arnold. They're looking. To, they were trying to find Arnold Schwarzenegger at that point. Yeah, the T-1000. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe that's Are you what, excited, personally? It, it seems inevitable. It is interesting that Elon is so into it because of all his variety of warnings relating to AI and so forth. Hmm. But uh, it seems the approach at this point is <clears throat> it's inevitable. Might yeah. as well be involved in it. Might as well have some control over it mm-hmm. because of the inevitability. Future coming and, and, and all that. Yeah. It, ethics. I, I'm on the cool side for now. But that doesn't mean that there's zero apprehension. I promise you there's plenty of apprehension. Mm. Uh, but you know what's funny, though, Will? is it, it's Once you have the robot... Mm. In a way, it humanizes. It doesn't, it's not like this, like whatever your vision of AI is, let's say, outside the realm of a moving object that has a rough silhouette of a person. Like, how do you even visualize AI? Right? It's, it's some sort of like vague, abstract concept. Uh-huh. Depending on what you do with the design of a robot, you can actually give personality. Yeah, there's many robots that have personality. And makes them less terrifying. It's only when you get into the uncanny valley, like almost realistic, but not really, is when it gets... Where do you put... Okay, okay, where do you rank the current bot in terms of cuteness? I don't think it's cute. Zero. I think it's cool. Zero cute. Yeah, I don't think it's cute. Should it be cuter and less threatening? Uh, the appearance. I don't think so. No? I think it should look friendlier. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm implying. Right? Like, uh... Maybe have, like... How should we... Wear a scarf or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm saying if you want to have widespread adoption and you know that there's apprehension out there, do you want to make it like Termin- look like Terminator? Or do you have multiple models? Like I can have a Terminator and you can have a chubby little one or something. Yeah, I think um, if they actually make like the framework, they can dress it up and make it look whatever, however they want. Okay. Um, All right. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. It's, Doesn't that one look kind of like the iRobot one? It does, yeah. Can we get but a that, side-by-side? That one doesn't have like a... Or this one doesn't have a face. Look, can I see the... Can I get a side-by-side right now? Well, I don't know if the Versus is going to work on this, Will. Come oh, okay. No. Okay. Come okay. on. Well, we can thank Newsweek for that. Yeah. Shout out. Oh, yeah. The iRobot has eyes and a nose. Wow. What happens in that movie? Spoiler alert. 
they're also pissed off, right? I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, they get mad at humans. Yeah, well, same old story. And, you know, destruction, all that stuff. It's amazing how... It's amazing how we have these... We always have these predictions in advance, don't we? Mm. As a species. We always make the prediction. And yet we still uh, Absolutely, <laughs> 100%. Uh, uh, all gas, no brakes, Will. <laughs> yeah. All gas, no brakes, dude. Um, all right, last one. Last one. The PS5 has been jailbroken. A video making the rounds online proves that Sony's PlayStation 5 console has been jailbroken nearly two years after its release. Is this the first time this has happened? Yeah, I think so. Two years later. It could pave the way for piracy and homebrew content. Well, it sometimes takes years for it to happen. Most video game consoles and other electronics are eventually jailbroken. I remember uh, back in the day, mod chips. Did you ever have a mod chip, Will? On your Xbox? Uh, well, you could put... There were mod chips for all types of consoles, even oh. before Xbox. I remember uh, Dreamcast, no mod chip. It's literally a CD. Oh, interesting. Or, or, or how about even before that? Huh? NES, you would get a hundred and one games on one cartridge from like the flea oh, yeah. market. Yeah, what yeah. was that about? Yeah, I remember the SNES <laughs> had like a floppy disk thing as well. Right. What about Game Genie? Do you remember Game Genie? Yeah, yeah. Can you throw up an image of Game Genie for me? The gold cartridge. Man, any any kid that had that was the top of the heap. If you had the gate, look at, look, no, 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 go back up on the left over there for sale on eBay, 39 bucks. That's the one. If you had that, that's a wrap. You win. You win childhood. Video game enhancer. So mm. this, you, this had to slide into your cartridge and then it would go in together. Why can't I even remember? Insert this end down into the game deck. That's right unlock the true cape it felt like magic especially since it was called a genie now this was less about piracy this was more about cheating cheating <laughs> <laughs> you get all the codes all the codes yeah that's what it looks like strapped onto the top of a cartridge look at this monster crazy times man well listen we already know Willie Do's true age, and uh, these were the glory days for him, because he's yeah. over the he's over the hill now. Uh huh. But PS Five being jailbroken, uh, this pretty much what people want to do with that is piracy. I I guess they might want to mod other aspects of it. They always use the homebrew uh, angle as well, but it would open things up to piracy. The PS Five is the latest gaming latest gaming console. Obviously, we know about the supply issues. Sony will likely be unhappy with the news that the PS5 jailbreak is available now. It's getting the console in the hands of more gamers. Video evidence of PS5 jailbreak was posted to Twitter by modder Lance McDonald, who showed it in action. The video amassed over 1 million views. In the video, viewers can see McDonald use a PS5 to, uh, jailbreak to install horror game demo PT to his console, which normally isn't possible because Konami infamously removed the game from the PlayStation Store. So there's an example mm. of what you can do now. Uh, the risk factor with this type of thing is obviously having your PlayStation get blacklisted or something mm. or not being able to log on to online services or not being able to run updates and things like this. So it's definitely not a straightforward process whatsoever. But this is one of those situations where uh, 
when it comes to the community of hackers, the community of enthusiasts in that area, they there is uh, it always seems to be a matter of time. There, there always like, seems um, to be a way. It's like speed running in video games. It becomes the game itself. It, Jailbreaking the thing becomes like the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, was it used to be the same with iPhones. I don't even know what the community of jailbreaking around iPhones looks like these oh, days. Man. But Remember that was Cydia? a huge community, man. Yeah. Why were we jailbreaking? What were we getting out of it? I'm just trying to remember now because I was custom, definitely doing custom it. things. So just being able to customize it. Yeah. Are you sure we weren't getting apps and stuff too? Probably. We probably were. I didn't do that. What do you mean? You normally admit to all the th <laughs> all the thievery. You normally admit Not to the it. Not the thievery. I, I just like a custom iPhone at the time. What is this? This is what you're doing now? Um, this no, is back your, in the day. This is your stance now? Because weren't we talking about burnt CDs and what the hell were we talking about recently? What? I don't know. Illegal streams and whatever else. <laughs> no, none of that. Oh, okay. All right. I must have the wrong guy. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. I pay premium. No, no. I believe. No, yeah. I, I definitely got the wrong guy. And, and of course, we're talking about in the past anyways, because we're grownups now, me and Will. We are elder statesmen. Yeah. Will's a senior citizen, actually, the way he was looking at that game, Genie. Yeah. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here today. Uh, thank you to the community that supports us, makes this show possible. Thank you to Will for tracking down all the important stories that exist on the internet. And thank you to my Apple Watch for interrupting the show multiple times. Uh, Am I ever going to get used to this? I don't know. Tune in next time. How's that for a tech podcast cliffhanger? God. How dull is that? Let's see how it goes. All right. Thanks, guys. Later.